We're continuing our series in building mature disciples. In week one, uh, we took a long time and we defined what discipleship was. If you recall, uh, we took some time to explain what it really means to be a disciple and the cost of it. And uh, last week, we actually talked about another key component as it relates to uh, being a mature disciple. And we talked about uh, the key word of intimacy. Uh, we looked at Mary and Martha who Martha was one that was too busy to really sit at the feet of the Lord and listen, spend time with him. And we really highlighted Mary and how that she took time to sit before the presence of the Lord. And as a consequence, uh, she was encouraged. God blessed it, and Jesus acknowledged that what Mary had done is something that he want all of us to do. And that is to spend time with him. And that being said, I want us to just really remember. I just want to say one other thing with regard to that message from last week. I, I, and I said it, I think I may have said it last week, I'll say it again. As we grow and learn and develop our walk with God, uh, spending time with him, you would discover, is the most important aspect of it. And I want to say this, and I want to say it carefully. To the degree that you spend time or no time with him or less time with him is to the same degree in which you will grow in your faith in God. And I said uh, last week, and I want to say it again, that a big part of my growth as a believer, as a Christian over the past 20 plus years uh, is my commitment to making sure that I'm in his presence on a regular basis. And that's something I think that is very important. That's what we learned last week. And so I just wanted to echo that again here today. Uh, and today I want to um, uh, continue the series. I want to talk about the subject of grow up. Everybody say grow up. So when I say grow up, I mean grow up, up this way. Um, embedded, as you know, within the mission and the vision of our church is a call to maturity. As you know, our vision is to establish a believer on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. Um, and our mission is to train and equip the believer to be mature disciples. And I want to emphasize mature because the burden from the beginning always have been as we have began our church and up to this point that our burden has always been to see the people of God grow up and mature in their faith. Um, far too often within our, they, uh, in, our in Christian circles, uh, and I believe in some ways is even advocated, that, that believers seem to have a contentment with just knowing that they are going to spend e you know, time, eternity in heaven. They seem to be content with that. And, and, and somehow we've kind of developed an attitude that kind of suggests that, you know, as long as you do a couple of neat things here on earth and, you know, attend church on occasion and try to be good, that's all you need to do. And in essence, when we understand a disciple, as Jesus put it, it is a radical takeover of one's life. And so and with that in mind, God wants us to grow. I believe that, that it is impossible to spend a, 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 a large, a huge amount of time in the presence of God, of God and not grow. I think it's next to impossible. And so understanding that then, so we understand this, so the more, that we, more time we spend in his presence, the more time we spend in praying, the more time we spend in reading his word, and not only that, but everybody see application. Because that's the key, that's the other most important part. It's not just to be a hearer of the word, but to be a what? A doer. And so if you're hearing, 
And this is one of the problems I think every preacher, every good preacher, called preacher of God struggles with is that, that, that people hear, but they're not doing. And, 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 it's, and it's a frustration because when you hear the word and you're not doing it, you're not, gonna, you're not really growing. And that's a misnomer because a lot of people tend to think, well, I got knowledge. I've heard people, you, you know, you talk to people, you say, you tell them something that they already know. Well, I heard that. I've been knowing that for 10, 20 years. I've been hearing I'm supposed to love my neighbor. I've been told, I'm, you know, I know I'm supposed to forgive. I know all that, Pastor. You don't need to say that again. But are you doing it, though? <laughs> because it, until we start doing it, then it, it, it's really not, we're not going to grow until the word of God is not only uh, applied, uh, heard, but it's applied and it's manifesting itself through our lives. And so until that happens, then your growth is, 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 is stunted. It's, it's, it's not really happening yet until there's a commitment to say, you know what? I heard what was said. I read it in the word of God. The pastor affirmed it, whoever is teaching it. You know, I'm going to do it. And until that is done, you'll find out that growth is very, very, it's almost next to impossible to mature as a believer. And so you and, I, you and I both know that whenever it comes, whether it's a church or whether it's an individual or whatever the case might be, whenever, when anything is not growing, we rightly investigate and we want to try to figure out why it's not growing, right? That's what we do. Why is it not growing? And, you know, and, and so we try to figure it out. Okay, this, this is not happening. But it, it seems like in every sphere of life, we do that. Something not growing, we want to figure out what's wrong. But when it comes to Christianity, oftentimes, we don't ask the same question. How come you've been saved for 5, 10, 15 years and you're still not loving your neighbor? How can you be saved for 5, 15, 20 years and, and you don't know the basics of the faith? How can you be saved for all this long and you're still walking in bitterness? You're still hating. You're still backbiting. You're still, how can you, shouldn't you be past that by now? You follow what I'm saying, church? And, and one of the things that really troubled me sometimes, you talk to some folks, they, they would love to tell you that they've been saved for 20 years, and I get it. A lot of people don't even know what they say when they mean, when they, when they say that. Because the measure of a man as it relates to spiritual maturity is how much you are being conformed to the image of Christ. In fact, I'm going to jump right into that. So, so watch this. So Jesus says here, watch this. Now, this is so important. I want you to get it. So I want you to understand something. But before I say this one statement, I'm going to say something else. Your maturity level is tied to your destiny. Let me say that again. Your level of maturity is tied to your destiny. There's a scripture verse, and I wanted to look it up this morning because I didn't have it in my notes, but I looked it up this morning before I came here because I wanted to recite it. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2 says, Now say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. So, in essence, then, now here's what that verse is kind of describing. When it comes down to an inheritance, you ever has heard of somebody, or maybe you've done it yourself, that you develop some trust uh, for your, your kids, you know. But, but, but you're not going to give the, a whole lot of money to your kids, a huge trust fund to run if they're still 12 years old, right? You know, even 15 a lot of times, uh, even 18 <laughs> a lot of times, sometimes even in their early 20s. And so a lot of times people will stipulate. They will say, you know what, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to to give you this money uh, when you become a certain age. And the reason why we do that is, is, is because 
uh, we want to make sure that you're ready for it. Because you, you have to reach a level of maturity before you give you this because you wouldn't know how to handle it. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying. It's the same thing with God. See, our destiny is tied to our maturity level. There's a lot of things that God want to do in our life, but until we grow up, look at your neighbor and say, grow up, God can't give it to us right now because we're not ready for it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So then you and I, got, you have to be committed to growing. You should have some markers. You should have some things in your own life. How do you know whether or not you've grown as a Christian past three, four years? How do you know? How do you know? Is there anything in your life? What are you doing different today that you, weren't, that, that, that you were doing last year or a few weeks ago? What is it? How is it that you are being more conformed to the image of Christ on a regular basis? Because that is the marker of how you decide whether or not you're growing in God. Now watch this. So the Bible says, and I want to talk about a couple of things that kind of points to that. Because I want to affirm everything I do and say by the text. I really think it's important to do that. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Watch this. It says this. Therefore, be imitators of God. I want you to get that. So the inviting, imitating Christ, watch this is the ultimate goal of spiritual maturity. Let me say that again. Imitating Christ is the ultimate goal and measure of spiritual growth or spiritual maturity. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore be imitators of God. Not Jordan, LeBron, Jay-Z, LL Cool J. I'm dating myself. I can't think of anybody. Be imitators of who? God, as dear children. Now watch. So, so the writer here, Paul, talking to the Ephesian church, he said, here's what I want you to imitate. Be an imitator. In other words, be like him. Follow him. Follow his life. Pattern yourself after his life. The, 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 the little thing that we used to wear, what would Jesus do? Y'all remember that? It's a very good question. I think we need to, whoever came up with that idea, that's a great thing, you know, the what those things. Because I really believe that we need to do that in almost every aspect of our lives. We need to on a regular say this. What would Jesus do? You know, that morning you don't feel like going to church? <laughs> what would Jesus do? <laughs> you know, that moment when somebody really, really offended you and hurt you really, really bad, and you feel like you want to get them back, do you stop and ask yourself, you know what, what would Jesus do? Before you say decline to help somebody that needs some help or give or share, stop and ask yourself the question, um, before I decide, what would Jesus do? See, a lot of times we don't ask that question. Come on, church. Can we be, can we be real today? A lot of times we don't ask that question because we don't really want to do it. And here's the thing, until we confront reality and truth, we are actually hindering our own ability to grow in God. We're not hurting anybody by ourselves. Anytime you read the word of God and it tells us to do something and you make a decision and say, I'm not going to do it. You stay where you're at. Are you hearing what I'm saying? After you've been revealed, after the scripture says this is what you're to do and you make a decision then to say, I'm not going to do it then at that moment, you're actually capping your own growth because God will take you no further until you made the children of Israel. They didn't listen. He didn't let he didn't let them go into their promised land until they got it right. Y'all hear what I'm saying? 
And he had to wipe out a whole generation until they got it right. But, but how many know that God is going to have his way? So he said, be imitators of God and walk in love. Why do I walk in love? Because he walked in love. See, a sign of spiritual maturity is walking in love. Love always think about other people. Love is always thinking. See, see, when I love you, I don't just think about myself. How many know that our natural default is selfishness? Y'all know that, right? It's our natural. Nobody have to, nobody have to rebuke you and get, tell you, you know, be selfish. Be selfish. You know, we just kind of come out of the womb that way, don't we? Kids just kind of come out of the womb saying, mine. Then we become adults. We still say mine. We just become, we just say it a lot more sophisticated. <laughs> but our natural default is to be selfish. So when you've got to preach to yourself at times, you got to tell yourself, no, this is what I'm going to, I'm going to force myself in the name of God to be like Christ, which means I'm going to walk in love. And I know to walk in love is to walk sacrificially. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because sometimes it hurts to love. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? But I'm going to walk in love. Why? Because Christ loved us and gave himself an offering, a sacrifice that is a sweet, a sweet smelling aroma to God. So he calls us then there to be imitators of God. And he said, okay, here's I want you. I want you to imitate God, be an imitator as dear children and walk in love because he walked in that love. We're to do the same thing. And in so doing, then we're acting like Christ. And the more, remember I said before, the more we are in line or acting like Christ, then that is the more mature that we are. That's how we measure it. Not by how much Bible you know. Not by how many years that you've attached to your salvation. But how much of that Bible is, and that's, boy, that is really, boy, that really bothers, that bothers, <laughs> that bothers me. Because, at some point, church, at some point, there has to be uh, a, a reconciliation of, of your life and the Bible matching up. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? It has to be. Or why are we doing it? You see what I'm saying? Why hearing that word over and over and over? And then, and then you know, after a while, you can become dull of hearing. The more you hear and you don't do, you become dull in your spiritual senses. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Some of us right now, we're dull in our spiritual senses because you've heard it before, but you ain't doing it yet. Whatever that might be. So we got to be committed to doing it. Christ is our example. Romans 8, 29, everybody knows this verse. This is just to show you what God is after. What is God trying to do in your life? Many of us, we got to get, we, we've said this before, many times before, I want to, it's worth saying here again this morning, God's number one agenda in life is not to make you happy. Everybody wants happiness. Everybody wants it. But God's way is different than what the world, how the world wants happiness. You follow what I'm saying? Because how many know that we are skewed? We, we are blinded. We don't even really know what's good for ourselves. That's why we have to talk to God, don't we? We have to seek him. Romans 8, 29 says, for, he, he, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined or predetermined to be conformed. That word to conform means to be changed. Watch this. To the image of what? His son. All right, do y'all get that? Do you see how deep that is? 
So watch this. So from the beginning of time, way before you and I got here, God had already predetermined that he was going to work in your life such to conform you and I to the image of Christ. Now, I want you to understand that. So everything that God does, I want you to get in your spirit. Everything he does. He's going to, so in other words, I want you to think of it this way. You remember Paul said, we read this last week, I believe it's in Philippians chapter 2, and Paul says that I want to know him and the fellowship of his suffering and being conformed. You remember Paul said, I want to know him. He said, I've given up everything. He said, I count everything else in my life but dung. Paul said, I just want to know him and the fellowship of his suffering. I, I want to, you know, Paul was not uh, uh, comfortable just having a casual relationship. He wanted to go deeper. You know, in essence, what Paul was really saying, if I'm going to be like Christ, I got to respond in situations like he did. How did Christ respond when people treated him wrong? How did Christ treat his enemies? Follow me? When, 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 when he was hanging up on that cross and they said, come off the cross. If you're truly the son of God, get down. The very same people that he loved did no wrong to. He let them hang him up on the cross. He stood up there and he said, Father, forgive them. How many know, boy, it, it takes some deep love for that. Because many of us, you, you know, our patience ain't the same way, man. Somebody put us up on the cross, man. The last thing we want to think about is, come on, is forgetting, forgive what? After all that you've done to me, you want me to do what? Then you have a nerve to even ask me to forget. Seriously? Here's that thing again. What would Jesus do? <laughs> you know, he don't give us a lot of room. I, you know, if anybody can, can anybody, does anybody know of a verse in the Bible that's an exception where the Bible says that, uh, that you don't have to forgive somebody for a certain sin or something like that? Is there, is there, is anybody know? Is there something that, I've been reading this thing for a lot of years. Now, I've, one of the things I've learned in reading the Bible that you never can exhaust the word of God. So there, I'm always finding things in the Bible. I ain't found out when yet that there, God says you can forgive for everything, but for this one thing, this right here, don't forgive. Has anybody found anything like that in the word? Can you share that with me? God is after conforming you and I to the image of his son. That's, that's what he's after. Not just giving you stuff, although he gives you stuff. Not just blessing you, although he blesses you. Right? His ultimate goal is he wants you to be like Jesus. Watch this. Learn it. This is why, if, if you still listen, say amen. This is why he let you go through pain. This is why he let you go through hardship. This is why he let you go through trouble. This is why he let you cry sometimes at night. This is why sometimes we have to experience sickness. and This is why, because watch, he wants us to learn how to respond like Christ in every situation we encounter. That's the measure of maturity right there. So God is going to conform. He, the whole time, everything God is thinking about when he looks at Walter, when he looks at Peggy, when he looks at Gene, here's what he, said. he says, I'm working in their life. I'm going to conform them to my son. So in order for me to get you from point A to point B, I'm going to have to let you go through this. Now, if you had a vote in the matter, you would say, Lord, can I, can I select a different route? <laughs> Unfortunately, you ain't Lord. Come on, church. Uh, you don't have no vote in the matter. <laughs> 
All you can do is you can appeal by prayer. But even but even still, even if God decided to do it a different way, he is still ultimately working in your life. Watch this to conform you to the image of Christ. So now if we really understand Christianity to be that. And not just this kind of thing where we just kind of say, oh, you know, I'm going to heaven. Now I can continue. How many know that God didn't save you so you can continue to live the way that you lived before you got saved? He didn't save you for that. Because if that was the case, he could have just wiped took you out. He saved you because by the time you get to heaven, the goal is that you'll love it there. <laughs> Y'all didn't get that. See, the goal is God's going to fix you. So because, if, you know, when you first get saved, there's a, how many know that when you get saved, there's a process? The Bible says work out your own salvation. What that simply means is, watch this, that, that, that you're going you're gonna to go through a process of failing, struggling, crying, you're going to laugh, you're gonna, but you're going to go through this process, and hopefully by the end of that process, by the time you get ready to leave this earth, whatever that time is, only God knows, by the time you get to heaven, God is so worked in your life, man, the heaven will feel like, will feel like home to you. It'd be like home to you, because you've identified with Christ. You understand it. You know, and, your, and all of your eggs ain't in this basket. It, never, it, it shouldn't be. And so what God is doing is God is working. This is a lot of this is why a lot of people get confused. This is what a lot of Christians don't understand. They put that because they're, they, 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 they call themselves Christians, and, but they're foreigners acting like this is home. And there's a conflict of interest. There's a conflict. And I can't understand why am I in conflict? Why am I not happy? Because you're making this your home and it's not. Either hot or you're cold. Which way are you going to go with it? See? I'm give you another, I'll give you a, a biblical example here of spiritual immaturity. Paul here talking to the Corinthians. Y'all know that the church at Corinth had a whole bunch of issues. Um, <laughs> and really, I, I, you know, we look at the church at Corinth, and I, I like to, and me and every other preacher that I preached about the Corinthians, we all say it, and, uh, you know, even lay people, you know, the Corinthians were just an example of a church that was, they had a whole lot of uh, 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 flesh going on in there. Uh, people weren't living right. People were just all, you know. But, you know, I would say, you know, you can go to almost any church around here and you'll find the same thing. I, I hate to say it. Some of you, you, you know what I'm talking about. You've been to different church. You know what I'm talking about. It's just at a different level. I mean, you know, people want to, people all, you know, people always want to find it. Whatever there's people, you know, I've always said you find a perfect church. Don't join it because you mess it up, right? Because wherever there's people are, you're going to find mess. <laughs> if they're breathing, they, they may have a little bit more polished mess, but at the end, a turd is still a what? <laughs> a little bit more polished. I like it better. But at the end, because if, if you if, see, if we don't understand what it's all about, see, I'm, see what I'm communicating to you is the essence of, of what Christianity is. I'm not preaching to you anything that's new. I'm just preaching to you what the Bible says. Everything, and that's why I'm giving you a lot of scriptures. Paul was saying, here, look, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, talking to Corinthian church, man, these folks, man, they were off the chain. This was the church. Everybody say off the chain. They were off the chain. I mean, they were just... I mean, everything that God wouldn't want you doing in church, these folk was doing. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through verse 4, Paul says this. And I, brethren, 
I couldn't speak to you as to spiritual people. In other words, mature. That's what he's really saying. He says, so now listen to how he says this. I couldn't, I couldn't. So the suggestion, the implication is that he wanted to. He wanted to, or at least Paul had felt like, because he had, he had brought Corinthian to Christ. He, he had led these people. So Paul had felt like that, that, that these people should be a little bit further along in their journey. Paul says, and brother, when I, I could not speak to you as mature or spiritual people, but as carnal. In other words, you're acting like the people of the world. You're just following the dictates of your flesh. And how many, how many know, how many know when you, the more, how many know you don't want to be following your flesh? How many of you would agree with me? My flesh ain't right. Come on. I mean, your flesh is evil, right? Your flesh desire wicked things. Am I being honest? Your flesh, not your spirit, your flesh is corrupt. And so the only way to overcome your flesh is to feed your spirit, man, because the one that you feed the most is the one that's going to dominate. Are you catching it? So he says, so, so he said, now, brother, I could not speak to you as, but I speak to you as a carnal. You're still in the flesh. He said, you're still in the flesh. I can't talk to you as a mature believer. I can't do it. You're still in the flesh. He said, but look, here's the insult. I got to talk to you like a baby. He said, I mean, can you believe, it? you know, what, what, you know, teenagers, especially when kids are, you know, how can I say this and be, because I got to be mindful of everybody in the room. So, okay. So when, when somebody think that they are at a certain place, certain age, right? Uh, when they think, the last thing they want to hear is you try to talk down to them or talk to them like they're what? Even kids sometimes feel away. I'm not, I'm older. You're not old enough. I'm, don't, 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 I'm old enough. No, you're not. Nobody likes to be talked to. So Paul then gives them the ultimate. He says, he, I mean, he says to them, he says, I can't speak to you like you're mature, like you're grown up. I got to talk to you like a baby. He said, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. Watch this. Now, he's using some language here to explain how that the Corinthians, he couldn't talk to them as, as talking about spirituality. He couldn't, he couldn't give them the deeper things of God. He couldn't talk to them as mature people. He, he says, he says, look, uh, but, but, uh, but I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For Watch this. Here's, and here's the kicker. He even takes this step further, church. He says, well, until now, you were not able to receive it. Watch this. And here's, uh, here's the insult. And even now, you're still not able. <laughs> I mean, he, he said, you weren't able to receive it then. And he said, as a consequence of you're not growing, you still are not able to. How many know you try to give somebody something that they're not ready for? They can't, they can't handle it. They'll spit it up. They'll walk away. They ain't ready for it yet. So we have to learn how to meet people where they are, you know, in, 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 in our vernacular. We got to kind of learn that because sometimes when you try to give people too much, they, they can't handle it. Paul was saying, I wanted to tell you some deep things. I wanted to go further. But, but y'all still have problems that I've told y'all about, y'all have not yet fixed. Well, can you tell me what's the problem? He said that you're still carnal for where there is envy, strife, and division among you. Are you not still carnal and behaving like ungodly men, un like unbelievers? That's really what he's saying. Paul is simply saying, look, 
Y'all are, look, y'all are envious of each other. Y'all are not affirming each other. No, y'all are trying to, I mean, you're trying to take each other's places. When somebody else get promoted in the church or somebody else get blessed, instead of you saying, yay, you're jealous of them. And all you can say is, where is mine? You can't even celebrate with them because you envy them. He said, and, and then there's strife. Y'all fighting each other. You can't get along. You're upset. You're not loving each other. You're not forgiving each other. You're holding grudges. You're being bitter. There's strife in here. And as a consequence, all of you are divided. And Paul was saying, because of that, you are still a baby. But, but Pastor, I, but I, know what, I know what the Bible says. But you are still a baby. I know you read this. But you are still a baby. Why? Because you are still walking in the flesh. Amen. And Paul says, Paul says now, Paul says, here's the problem. He says, he says, I, I can't. He says, I, I can't talk to you no more. I, I can't even, I, I, don't, let's not even look at that text no more. Let's go back to the basics. Well, well, I don't need no basic. I need some meat. How many, how many of you have heard that? You even said to yourself, I want meat of the word. What do you want meat for? <laughs> I heard sometime, one time I, I was listening to it. Yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are about T.D. Jakes. I know a lot of people got different feelings about him, but I, I one time heard him make, the, make that comment. He said that people came to him and told him that, uh, you know, they was leaving the church because, you know, they weren't being fed enough. It's all perspective, isn't it? See, because you're really not receiving. You're hearing it. You're hearing Man, people are good at sitting in church. Y'all are sitting here nice and quiet, and y'all look studious. But I wonder how many people sitting in this room right now are they hearing, but they, ain't go, they have no intention on making any application. Therefore, you will just keep going. You won't grow. You'll stay where you're at until. You follow me? Paul was saying there was so much strife in here. He said, y'all are still carnal. He said, y'all ain't getting along with each other. He said, y'all off the chain. He said, therefore, y'all are still babies. You still ain't, you, you're not growing up. I can't even share with you. I got to go back to teach you all over again. I got to take you back to the purple book. Well, I done been to the purple book three times. Got to go back to the purple book again. Why? Because you ain't doing it yet. Not just about church, how much you know. It's, it's how much you grow. How much of that book is changing your life? Can you please? See, this, this is what it really, this is what it boils down to. And this is why I think we get it wrong sometimes. Hebrews chapter 5. I believe the book of Hebrews is written by the Apostle Paul. We don't know for sure. The scholars, they have different opinions on who wrote the book of Hebrews. I believe it was Paul because I believe that the language style resembles that of the Apostle Paul. He says here in Hebrews chapter 5. And so for my purposes, I'm going to say Paul because I believe it's Paul. But you don't have to believe that. But I believe Paul was talking to the Hebrews. He said, so, so, you know, cause it's sort of, sort of the same language. He said, but though by this time, this is Hebrew chapter five, look at verse 12, Hebrew five, verse 12. There it is right there. Watch this. For though by this time you ought to be teachers. <laughs> look at this. In other words, you ought to be at a place. Some of you right now, don't get, don't, don't be offended if I say this. Some of you right now, you're at a place right now, you can lead your own Bible studies. Why aren't you doing it yet? 
You, I mean, you got enough word. You don't need no more word. You, you got it all. You know the word is there. He said, for though by this time, some of you, you ought to be teaching. You're supposed to be teaching other people. When other people go off the rail, you're supposed to be spiritually mature, helping people to get back on the rail. That's what a mature person does, right? See, when you see somebody walking outside the purposes of God, you have reeled them back in. He said, well, don't you, for by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you. Everybody say, again. again. <laughs> Let's go back over it again. You know, um, one of the things that in sports, and I'll talk football, and, uh, and of course, I always look at it from the Cowboys perspective because I am biased and I've never, ever made any apology for that, and so I never will. But one of the things that they do, and you, you've seen this. How many of you remember Michael, Michael, Mike Strahan? How many know Mike Strahan? All right, New York Giants. Yeah, you got a New Yorker back there. So, so you remember Mike Strahan. So Mike Strahan and uh, there were some others on that team, giant team, when, you know, when Strahan was playing, where they had uh, Coughlin came in as a new coach. So a lot of these guys got upset because they felt they didn't want to be in training camp. They was like, man, we've been through that. <laughs> we've been through that. We've done that, man. We don't need to be through no training. We don't need to go through training camp. So a lot of them were upset because they just wanted to come in and let all the rickets. But, they, but what happened a lot of times, they make these guys every year go through what? The basics all over again. Same place all over again. Why? Because they don't always do it. So what happens is, the more, so they bring them back. Okay, y'all got to go right back to the basics again because, number one, you, you know, you forget. Because you're not living in it all the time. Because sometimes you take a break. How many know as Christians we're supposed to be living in it all the time? We'll stay in it. So people don't like that. And Christians don't like that. Christians don't like it when they hear you say, you know, when you, you got to go back to Christianity 101. We don't like to hear that. That's like an insult, especially if you've been saved for a minute. You went through a I, I done that. Okay. But how many know that if you don't stick with it, come on, if you don't keep doing it, you'll lose that, you'll lose that skill. See, in sports, they know that. If you don't keep doing it, how many of you kept, how many have been doing devotion? Do you keep doing devotions every day of your life? See, after a while, you stop doing it. These little things that you used to know so well and do so well, it'll, it'll get away from you. And you'll find, man, I used to be better at this, but I ain't like that no more. Now I lose my patience at every turn. Man, I got myself thinking crazy thoughts I shouldn't be thinking. <laughs> because our mind has has not been renewed on a regular basis to where it needs to be. So the writer here says that I got to teach you again the first principles of the Oracle of God and and you have come to need milk and not solid food. Here we go again. Sounds like the Apostle Paul, doesn't it? Sounds like sound like you know, just, we just read in 1 Corinthians. I told you I believe Paul wrote this. If everyone who partakes of uh, only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he's a baby. There it is again. But solid food, in other words, the more mature things belong to those who are full of age. That is, those who by reason of use, everybody say of use. That means, look up at me, of use, that means application. Got to keep doing it. Got to keep doing it. Over and over again. Pastor, why do you always tell us to read the word? Why did God always tell the children of Israel, remember? How did the children of Israel be dancing one day to do it right for a minute, then they'll stop? And then they'll go right back to their old ways. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? 
So God had to spend a whole lot of time. You go back and read in the Old Testament. He spent a whole lot of time reminding. The book of Deuteronomy, for an example. The whole book was just, I, let, me, let me help you all remember this. And God had to tell him in Deuteronomy chapter 8. He says, now, don't forget who blessed you. It was I who gave you the power to get wealth because he knows that human nature is to forget. You get sidetracked. Other things come in. Other things fight for our attention. Life changes, right? You get older, you hope you get wiser. You get older, your children, you got all these things going on. And so, you know, and so life changing, but, but there are certain disciplines that if we keep them in place, they will position us to, keep, to, to mature in God. And some, that's why some of us, we fall off the cart because we weren't consistent. You got to be consistent in this walk with God. If you're going to mature as a believer, you got to be consistent. He said, but solid food belongs to those who by use, who by reason of use, practice on a regular basis, have exercised their senses to discern both good and evil. Uh, go ahead and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. And it is a call to grow up. The call to grow up here. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 3. 1 down to verse number 3. It says, therefore, laying aside all malice. See? See, all malice means evil intent. The desire to get people back. To seek revenge. To do things with the wrong motives. Evil motive. Ill intent. That's what, that, that's what malice means. Get rid of all deceit. Stop lying. Stop deceiving. Stop manipulating. Stop being a hypocrite. Stop saying something that you're not doing yourself. Follow through. Stop walking in envy. And stop all evil speaking. This is what he's telling us. So he's telling us to lay aside all these. And then he says, now here's what we do. Now what do we, what do we replace that with? See, if you're going to lay aside something, you've got to replace it with something else. <laughs> right? So I, I learned that with, with kids. See, if you're going to take something, then you got to, you follow me. You got to give them an alternative. You just can't take away from it. Then they feel like they've been robbed. <laughs> so, so, so if you're going to take the cake, give them a vegetable. <laughs> With a little sugar on it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you, you follow what I'm saying? So if you're going to take away something, he said now, so, so put all this aside. Got something better for you. Here's what he's saying. So lay aside all that other stuff. Then he said, as newborn babies, Desire the pure milk of the word. Now, he's not calling us to stay and be a baby. He's given us an analogy, an illustration of how a newborn baby craves for the word, the milk of his mother. Right? That's all he's doing. He said, like a newborn baby. He didn't say, he didn't, so, Pastor, he called us to be newborn baby. No, he's not. He said, what? He said, as newborn babies, watch this. Desire the pure milk of the word. In other words, just like a baby goes after mother's milk like that life depends on it, he says that you go after the word of God like that, just like that, like your life depends on it. So I'm going to replace all this over here, evil speaking, malice, jealousy, envy, hypocrisy. I'm going to move all that, and now I'm going to go to the word of God because I now need to figure out how now I must live. See, I got to figure it out. So I'm going to lay that aside. He says, now, I want to desire the pure milk of the word. Watch this now. That you may grow. Everybody say grow. grow. 
See, the title of the message is Grow Up. Grow Up. So the, here's what he's implying here, church. No word, a little word, but no application means that you're not going to grow. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? I hope that I've been a pastor to you that have tried to preach to you and advocate to you the importance of your digesting this word, living in this word, craving the word. He says so that you may grow thereby. So here's what he's saying. If you don't do it, you won't grow. Pro, I always say this. Programs and fancy ministry and different things are always cool. Everybody like the cool stuff. I'm good with the cool stuff. I think the cool stuff is cool. <laughs> but not at the expense. Watch this. Not at the expense of growing in Christ. Y'all hear what I'm saying? We have sacrificed entertainment for spiritual growth just to keep people coming in the door. And then we have to water down the message a lot of times so people can take it. Because if you say something to matter in their life just a little bit, they'll get upset and walk. You can't even talk. You can't. They only mess with my life a little bit. But you know the church, come on. You know as well as I know that the word of God, heaven and earth, the Bible says heaven and earth is going to pass away. But this is going to outlast it all. Man, that's a lot. Heaven and earth will pass. He said forever the word of God is settled in heaven. So if that had been the truth, and he says the only way I'm going to grow is to get it. See? I've had, see, I've had people come in and they would rather me the uh-huh. And, you know, I, I'm sorry. Can, can I talk? So I just, I'm going to talk anyway. What do y'all say? No, I'm going to talk. So, you know, I just, I just, I just don't. I, why do you got to change your voice? When you preaching and sound like, dude, we don't, you don't talk to me. When you not have a conversation, you don't talk to me like that. What is all that? Is that the Holy Spirit? What is that? What the world was good today. What are you talking about? I don't know what it was good. Just got you revved for what? When you and I have a conversation, you don't talk to me that way. Gene, I never heard you come to me and say, Pastor Gary, I want to have a word with you, Pastor Gary. Oh, Gary. I mean, what is that? I mean, I'm just asking, what is that? That's entertainment. Oh, well, it's just the way I articulate the word. Seriously? I don't need all that drama. I just can't imagine Apostle Paul standing up here doing that. I can't imagine Jesus standing up here saying, Blessed are the whole. I'm just, listen, I'm just saying it's not about entertainment. It is about whether or not this word is transforming your life. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? It's about growth. It's about growth. Are you getting this spiritual nutrients that you need to grow? Because until you get that, this is why parents, I know sometimes my kids don't want to hear it, but you are smart. You make them hear it. 
you stay faithful to the word of God. Y'all hear me? You stay, I, listen, you can't decide for them. But how many know that, that God will hold you and I accountable as you follow what I'm saying? I tell my kids and have been telling them for years. I, will, I, had, a, I had a conversation with my son the other day. We was out in Florida. I said, I said to him, I said, what do you think of me? I said, you had to characterize me. How are you characterizing me? Well, godly man, hard worker, love the Lord, religious. I said, well, he was fine until he said religious. <laughs> but I get what he was trying to say. But because I know this, at the end of the day, that we got a lot of people who call themselves for parents, but they're cowards. Cowards. Because they're scared to hold their children accountable to the word of God. Scared. All I'm saying is that kids need to be taught from their youth. That you come to church in part primarily to grow and to be like Christ. You follow me? Primarily. Because if you ain't growing, if I'm just entertaining you, then every week I got to think of the next thing to entertain, don't I? Every week I got to think of the next big thing to keep you hooked. So, every, so I sit down, I stretch out, how can I keep you interested? And I come up with it. When is it going to come to a point, man, when somebody just opened the word of God? He'd be like, oh, just, just, just preach the word. This was this, this getting me on fire right here. Pre, pastor, preach that. It's one, it's one of the things that, you know, that um, the Garnets and Edwin always said, and Granisha, I'm sure she stands with him on that. But he said, man, you know, he said, we came here because you just preached the word. You know the truth. You know the word. When, you, when the word is being preached, you know when the word is being preached. And you know when you've just been talked to or entertained. You, you know the difference. You know the difference. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just telling you the truth. Nobody want to talk about it, but I'm just telling you the truth. Because we live in a generation today that want to just kind of spill over the truth. We don't want to talk truth. And, 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 and this whole thing about Christianity is about being more like Jesus at the end of the day. I got it. So I don't care. So you want to do a program, you want to entertain, do that. But don't make that the primary thing and don't sacrifice the word of God for it. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? Stop laying the word of God on the altar to keep people flesh happy. You get it? Flesh happy. Stop it. He said, at newborn baby, go after their, go after their word. And finally, how many minutes have I been going so far? Huh? About 50 already? All right, give me five more. Because this is a foundational text. I just get into that. So <clears throat> I'm not going to read it, but I read it at the beginning of the message. And verse number 11 down to verse 16, you can write it down. He gave some to be apostles, prophets, and evangelists, and pastors, and teachers. Five-fold ministry. We call it a five-fold ministry. And these ministries, or these gifts, were given to the body to equip the saints. Look at this church, verse number 12. The equipping of the saints for the work of what? <clears throat> Anybody there? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. He gave all these gifts to the body for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. How do you know that God is equipping us to go to work? Amen. He ain't equipping you to put you on the bench. Amen. He's equipping you to work 
spiritually, to work. Work of what? Ministry? Well, work of ministry, because our whole life is a ministry. Did follow me? For the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. That word in the Greek perfect, it, it is telelos, which means fully grown. That's what he's after. He wants to be fully grown. And what does fully grown look like? Let's keep reading. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There it is right there. Fully grown, man, is the measure of Christ. Man, I'm looking just like Jesus. I like how it says in the book, uh, book of Acts, you know, when Jesus died and the apostles are out there acting crazy. You know what I mean? They're acting crazy. They were just being radical for Jesus, preaching the gospel, being threatened in the streets. And some of the brothers out there, they said, they took note. They said, that, they said they've been hanging with Jesus. Would somebody say that about your life? Would they take note and say, man, you've been hanging with Jesus too much? Well, why do you say that? Because you're acting just like him. You follow what I'm saying? <laughs> you're acting like him. That's the measure right there, church. That's what we're after here at Foundation. That's what God is after to conform us. That we, verse 14, that we no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. See, people who are not mature in the faith. First of all, let me, let me explain something to you. Let's, go, let's look at this in context. And I'm finished. I'm wrapping this up. And he, see, see, so here's what happened. So God gave the five gifts, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for what? Their job is to equip the saints. So then once you come to that place, you submit yourself to the gifts of the body, because this happens within the context of a church. This is why you already heard me say, if you got a believer or somebody who claims they're a believer, but they don't go to church and they hardly go to church and they're not in fellowship, let me tell you right now, don't believe the hype. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't believe the hype. Because you, if, you, if you're a serious-minded Christian, you understand the Bible, you, see, you, come, you go to church. Nobody has to beg you to go to church. It's what you do. You're taught that. You know that, reading the Word of God. The Bible says the more you see the evil day coming, you ought to fellowship more. We should be having three or four services a week. Man, we have one service a week, and y'all go crazy. <laughs> Once a week, come to church once a week. You have a fit. You're taking all my time. All my time. What's all your time? What do you mean all your time? What was it? So, so, so here's what happened. So as we are submitted to the fivefold minister, the prophets, evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, as we submit to that, then watch this. Then we're getting equipped. We get equipped, right? We're being equipped now, and we're going to get equipped now, we go to work. We're going to work in the ministry now. And then as a result of working in the ministry now, we're going to come into unity of the faith because we're doing this all around the person of Jesus Christ. And we're going to start maturing to a perfect man. That's what it means. Then as a consequence of that, we're not going to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine because we're submitted to the gifts, right? And we are equipped for the work of ministry. And the body is being edified. We're in unity together. We're maturing. Therefore, it makes it next to impossible that I'm going to be tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Isn't that the way some people are today? They go from place to place. They're always looking for the next new thing. I need a new fix. Christians need a new fix like every, I don't know. Couple years every we need a fix. Give, can you give me a fix? But watch this, verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. There it is. 
Verse 15, speaking the truth in love. How many know that you love somebody, God tell them the truth, right? Amen. Truth will set you free. How many know, you might not love what I'm saying this morning, but you know it's the truth, right? Truth will set you free. Because I'm just reading you the word. He says, speak the truth in love, because when you speak the truth in love and you receive it, you'll grow. As long as you do it in love. I always say this. If you're going to criticize somebody or say something about somebody, or you're going to call somebody on something, make sure your inspiration for doing it is out of your love for them and not to shame them. Right? Not to shame them or embarrass them or for some selfish motive. I'm saying this to you not because I'm, I'm thinking about myself. I'm saying this to you because I love you and I want what's best for you. So that means we're doing it in love. He said, now, when we do it in love, watch this. He says, what, from whom the whole body joint and knit together by that which every joint supplies. Let me go back, verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head of Christ. So by doing that, we're going to grow up. We're going to grow up. We're going to mature. From whom the whole body, why? Because the whole body is working together and everybody is supplying something. What are you supplying to the body of Christ? Every joint is supposed to be applying. Why is that important, Pastor? According to the effective working by which every part does its share. God called you to do some work. You have a ministry. You have a gift. Use it. This is not Pastor Bailey. Don't get mad at Pastor for telling you to do what God already said do. Pastor, can you rally? If the word of God says do it, do it. Y'all know what I'm saying. The word of God says, look, we're called to work in ministry. We're supposed to be supplying a gift to the church, to the body of Christ. He says, because when everybody does their part, whatever that part may be, it causes growth of the body. It causes it to grow up. And a lot of times the body ain't growing the way it should be growing because people ain't supplying the way they should be supplying. But if everybody had the mindset, man, I'm called and God is equipping me for do the work of ministry. I'm on this battlefield of life. This is what it's all about. I want, have your fun in the process, but do it in the context of ministry. <laughs> then you have some substance to it. Y'all follow what I'm saying? You know, you don't want to live your whole life just you know, doing activities that don't have no spiritual, uh, what's the word I want to use? Uh, spiritual meaning or something that you can take with you to heaven. So serve God. That's all I'm trying to say. And grow up. Look at the neighbor and say, grow up. Make a decision. Say, you know, what? I'm going to grow up today. I'm not, no more, no longer, I'm not, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to, so you know what it means to grow up. I'm going to, and you know, I'm going to be more like Christ. You know, if you if you look at my life, your pastor, and you got to ask, it's, how does Pastor Bailey act? Does he act like Christ or does he act like, you follow what I'm saying? How do my sister, how do my wife, how do my husband act? But if you follow what I'm saying? This is the measure. And the more we get into this word and this Bible and we read it and apply it, then we, and we let it get inside of us, we're going to grow. But we got to be committed to it. So seek to grow. Don't seek any. Listen, seek first to grow and be like Christ before you seek anything else out. Can we do that? Let's make that our number one objective. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eyes closed. Father, we thank you for your word today.